O little town of Bethlehem, right? away in a manger, no crib for a bed. God has a knack of taking humble things and turning them into glorious things. He does that in order to show that his power, uh, his salvation comes from one is so lowly, so broken, so overlooked that God cannot reach him or her and shower them with dignity in Christ. And the text that we'll focus on for our devotional today is Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Micah 5 gives hope of a new beginning. It focuses on a small, insignificant village, the little town of Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Bethlehem was so small that it wasn't even mentioned in the Old Testament lists of towns where the clans of Judah lived. It was insignificant, tiny, but it was there in ancient times, hundreds of years before the time of Micah, that God chose to look for a new king after his own heart. A tiny boy so unlikely to be king that when the prophet Samuel showed up to ask Jesse to, to bring his sons by that he might recognize the one that God would anoint to be king, uh, David was so insignificant his father didn't even think to bring him to, to come before the prophet. God's unlikely choice of David in an unlikely location like Bethlehem led to God's covenant to establish his kingdom on earth through David and his descendants. But David's descendants, the kings that followed him, had failed. They had become proud and oppressive. And so when Micah prophesied about a future king, a king that would come, the Messiah, this king that would fix everything wrong with Israel and the world at large, he didn't look to Jerusalem, the capital city, the place that had become the, the center of power and corruption. No, we needed a fresh start, a new beginning, kind of a redo. And so God inspired Micah to look back to ancient times, back to the time of David, back to the little town of Bethlehem, where once again, God would choose the humble and lowly and insignificant to do great things, to set the world to rights. The future hope for Messiah lay in the humble beginnings of the past. Why? Why does God choose the small and quiet and out-of-the-way things to change the course of history and eternity? I think because when he acts this way, we have no basis to boast. God's kingdom has nothing to do with our merits or our achievements. We are who we are by the grace of God alone. 1 Corinthians 1 explains this by saying, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things 
the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are all in Christ Jesus. Therefore, it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Friends, this is not an insult. This is good news. No matter how much we might pretend otherwise, on our own, apart from the grace of God, we are sinful and broken. We are spiritually desperate and needy. Sometimes we can mask over that reality through our accomplishments or our careers or our successes, but the spiritual reality remains. We desperately need grace. The gospel is good news because you don't have to pretend. You don't have to fake it till you make it. God turns the power and prestige of this world upside down on its head. He brings salvation through humility and insignificance and weakness. And so rather than being born in a palace to rich and powerful, influential parents, God chose to enter the world through a peasant girl who surely was misunderstood. She was pregnant and not yet married. John Piper points out that God chose a stable so that an innkeeper could not boast. He chose the comfort of my inn. God chose a manger so that no woodworker could boast that he chose the circumstances of my bed. He chose Bethlehem so that no one could boast. The greatness of our city constrained the divine choice. And he chose you and me freely, unconditionally, to stop the mouth of all human boasting. The beauty behind this small, insignificant Bethlehem is that God does not choose us based on our greatness or worth. He does not choose us based on our accomplishments or our moral purity. Friends, God chooses us because of our need and His grace because of His Son whom He sent from heaven to be born in a backwater town to renew the world. His glory, his origins are from old, from ancient times. Yes, this looks back to David, to his origins in Bethlehem, but it looks even farther beyond that into eternity past because the king that we need, the king that we need to save us, to rule over the world, is God himself. No human can fill his shoes. And so God, the eternal son, humbled himself by taking a human nature alongside his divine person. He did not lose his divinity, but he emptied himself of his glory, of his divine prerogatives, and he was born in humble means, to humble parents, in a humble town. He lived a life of humble service and was obedient even to the point of death on a cross. But from there, God highly exalted him. He gave him the name above every name, as the choir will remind us shortly, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus was the most humble person that ever lived and yet the most significant. As the prophecy in Micah 5 goes on to say, this Messiah, Jesus, will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, securely. For then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he 
will be our peace. God has a knack for taking humble things and turning them into glorious things. He does that in order to show that the power of our salvation comes from him and not from us. And he does that in order to reassure us that none of us is so far gone, beyond the pale of God's grace, so overlooked that God cannot reach us and shower us with dignity in Christ. Friends, trust him. Follow him. Find your life in him, perhaps for the first time or in a fresh way this Christmas season. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that though you reign on high, you look low. None of us is too far gone from your grace. Lord, you entered into our world not in glory and privilege and prestige, but Lord, in humility, emptying yourself that you might find us wherever we're at. Lord, help us to know that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel and that we are your people. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.